This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast and radio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And I just want to remind you, dear listeners, right off the bat, that if you have questions, comments, ideas, concerns, complaints about our podcast, we can take it. We want it. Give it to us. Uh, send them my way. Email me, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Father Dickinson, how are you doing today? Better than my sins deserve. Amen. Uh, it's a beautiful fall day. Fall is the, my favorite time of the year, Father, because my birthday's in the fall, but that's another story. Fall? Fall. I know. Unofficially fall. It's after Labor Day. <laughs> so anyway, uh, schools... Got, so the Pope has to quit wearing white. Quit. <laughs> Does he know it's after Labor Day? Would somebody tell him that, for goodness sake? First world problem. Um, Oi. So, Father, let, let's just get right into it. Enough banter, Father, right? Okay. We're going to try to make this as banter-free an episode as possible. Uh, maybe. So, one of the things, Father, that you and I have talked about, that, that, that our guest hosts and I have talked about uh, quite a bit um, in the last few years on various episodes of Ignition, is technology. And the ways that we can use technology well, but the ways that technology can also be a distraction to us, to us personally in terms of our spiritual lives, to us in, in, uh, in our relationships with others, God in the spiritual life, but even just family members and so on. Um, and one of the interesting things to me about technology and, and how as, as 21st century Americans, uh, we use technology and how it shapes us is that really w- with technology today, um, we have so much more control over the world around us than anybody ever has in history. We know so much more about the world around us than anybody else in history. Um, knowledge and power, and they go, they, they, they go together. One of the, you know, to get historical, a little bit of philosophical, Francis Bacon. Um, uh, Bacon? Bacon. Bacon. Um, <laughs> Francis Bacon, the English philosopher and scientist, he, he, he said something once that that has come to identify in many ways one of the aspects of of the culture in which we live. Francis Bacon said, knowledge is power. So the idea is how how that plays itself out in our culture today, centuries after Bacon said it, is that we use knowledge, not necessarily for its own sake, but we often use knowledge as a means to control the world around us. And in many ways, in very good ways. I mean, Father Dickens, I don't know about you, but my wife and I have I've, have talked before about how there is, I'm, I'm pretty sure, now who knows, but if I had been born two centuries, maybe a century ago, and, 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 and lived here, I, I just can't, the, 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 the hardiness of, uh, yeah. that was required of people who lived on you know, the plains of the prairie baffles me. Do you, do, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, well, uh, you know, as you've been talking about this, I've been thinking, you know, I complain about when the remote control doesn't work. Right. Get up and manually change one of my 900 TV channels or whatever it is these days. Right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, and so, I mean, gosh, could I have walked, you know, eight miles to school a day? I know. <laughs> exactly. Could I could have chopped wood to stay warm in the wintertime. Right. But the good news is, Dr. Bergwald, 
fear not about your own weakness, because if you had been born then, you would have been kind of naturally pulled I know. into that as opposed to now. You're I know. naturally pulled into the laziness. Exactly. The 21st century. Exactly. You know, I just was just thinking the other day, my, my, gra- my dad's parents, my grandparents, so they, they lived through the Great Depression. Hmm. Um, my, my grandpa, uh, when he was in his 30s, was, was conscripted or drafted or whatever into the Navy and, and uh, was in the Pacific Theater um, uh, on a carrier. So, so, but they, up until literally uh, the day that he, he, he suffered a stroke and, and died within a week or so of that, when he was, I think, 81. He um, he had this. They had this, relatively speaking, massive garden in their backyard, and Grandpa took care of the uh, of the, um, the the garden, and then Grandma would can. I mean, you know, just the, where they they just that's what they did. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it, they're so relatively self sufficient in a way that I could never be. But but because today we, we take advantage of the, again this technology, um, and and we we use it to control the world around us, and yet. The the irony is, Father, the, the irony is that the more power that we have over the world around us, the more that we feel powerless, right? And that, that, I think that's a, that's a common experience among Americans. Not just, well, certainly that. I think uh, that the power is certainly, or it's a dissatisfying control that we have. You know, I've got 900 channels, but nothing to watch. Right, right. You know, uh, or that boredom, which I think we've talked about in other podcasts before. And so it's interesting to see, you, you use the phrase, how it actually forms us or, or molds us or changes us, yep. um, uh, this aspect. And so, and so not just in that dissatisfaction, but then a hunger for more. And, and so it seems like the desire in us for knowledge, for information, for control, um, uh, uh, continue and, and pa- power and control, knowledge, information. It continues to rise and grow stronger uh, within us. It does, and 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 it leads us to do things that are oftentimes initially just silly and ridiculous. You know, silly superstitions that we do. But and this is where we're getting into the topic for today's podcast. It actually can lead us to do things that are extremely dangerous spiritually speaking um when we when we our desire for knowledge and power can lead us not only down the path of of silly superstitions but it can lead us down the path that leads to the occult and to the demonic uh things that people maybe laugh or (laughs) nervously giggle about but that are in fact real right very much so, and, and, and the things that we should be concerned. But just as that starting point again, uh, that we're starting out how it seems uh, that there is that connection between this desire, might even say a lust for knowledge, power, and control that seems to be rising up in our Baconian world. Bacon, nice, nice. Yeah, and then in this world after like that Sir Francis Bacon vision that knowledge is power. It's also Baconian in the sense of the, the, the beautiful fruit of pork. Well, let's not sully uh, okay. pork with Sir Francis Bacon. Okay, okay. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, and so there's this rise, and so we talk about some of those silly things that we do, and, and then, of course, there's silly things such as, like, you know, Facebook stalking, right? Googling someone's name to see what's out there, and that's and that itself is harmless, but there's 
more harmful things that we can start to get into that it's that's good to be aware of listeners and to protect yourself protect your family and to to warn your friends about right and so for then this you know when you know it's, it's interesting because i think people do sort of na- laugh nervously or the other common reaction is well yeah we don't Poo-poo. yeah we don't we don't believe that anymore that's that is superstition that's medieval um you know with with a negative connotation which isn't the case but anyway um so, so did not be say that again what sort of things might those what might they be laughing off nervously or poo-pooing exactly it's the reality of not just evil because we know that there are evil people and so on people who do wrong things but there's personified evil in the sense of sp- spiritual beings that is fallen angels demons the devil and not, you know, the horns and so on, but a pure spirit um, created good by God um, with many other, like all the other angels. Um, and from scripture, we read that apparently roughly a third of those pure spirits rebelled against God. Um, and, and those spirits are what we now call demons. And, and Dr. Bergwald. Yes. Great little description there of uh, Satan. But how in the name of Dan Brown, joke, get it, Dan Brown? (laughs) Okay. How in the name of Dan Brown did we just jump from uh, technology, lust and desire for knowledge and control, to demons? Well, I just thought it'd be an interesting topic, so it was just a complete non sequitur. Nothing to do. Because there is a real connection. Oh, there there is? Oh, good. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I thought we'd planned this little exchange. Um, we did. <laughs> no, listen, yes, we did. We did plan this. There is a connection. I'll let Father explain it. Oh, good. Thank you. Uh, so this, one of the things that's out there, of course, are in some of these medieval practices. People get into occult or new age practices, uh, seeking after knowledge, seeking after power, seeking after control in their lives. Right. So whether it's uh, the Ouija board that maybe you kind of did as a game or something like that, but... Uh, or it's consulting a fortune teller. Maybe you go online, you start looking at like you know different prophecies, number codes, and things of like that. Or maybe you uh, go to someone who calls themselves a faith he- healer or an energy healer, like that. Um, uh, these sorts of things, which seem like just innocent searches for, uh, but, but these things are those searching for knowledge, power, and control. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. And so in our age, and, and, and so there's actually an interesting connection between technology and magic. Yes, there is. C.S. Lewis makes, we, I know we've talked about this before in previous episodes, uh, C.S. Lewis makes this connection that uh, magic is really more like technology uh, than it is like faith. For faith uh, is about knowing the world and knowing the world as it really is, which is really kind of more like science, just being in union with the world. Whereas technology, the desire of technology, whether it's a remote control, whether it's a car, is to mold the world to my needs. Right. Right. I don't need to fly to New York, but through an airplane, I can. Exactly. Right. Um, it's convenient to do so. Um, the same way then too with the desire for magic it's it's a technology I want to bend the world to my will right so you know um, whatever's not working or things aren't working out the way I want and so I go to these things to try and gain some knowledge some control who does Bobby really like let's ask the Ouija board right right 
Um, but the problem with these things is that they're not innocent. And that's where we get that connection then to uh, the demonic. Well, why aren't they innocent? What, what's, <laughs> they sell Ouija boards in toy stores, for goodness sake. Why, why isn't something like a Ouija board? What tarot cards, palm reading? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, what's the big deal? Well, you're consulting a power who is not God. And you're consulting a power that's not deliberately tied to God. Right? Okay. And so you're consulting powers who don't want to have any connection with, with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that don't want to have any connection with the holy name of Jesus. Right? Okay. And so these different uh, places usually will have no connection with the name of Jesus. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. And so, uh, and so that's, that, that's part of why we know they're, they're not right. So when we engage in the, uh, again, things that, that, as you said, Father, maybe, maybe as, a, as a teen we, we did with the nervous giggle. To go to confession about. Um, we should, absolutely. Uh, but using these things are doorways or portals into the spiritual world where we don't usually know what the heck we're doing, right? Right. Well, and just to maybe get real simple here, there's a reason God had to reveal himself to us. Because if we were left on our own, we'd be led all sorts of astray. Absolutely. Right. And even in the beginning of the garden, God revealed himself. Hey, eat from anything you want. Don't eat from there. Enjoy life. So, yeah, I mean, we we know that theoretically the human intellect has the ability to know God and the world around us. But because we are fallen because of the garden, because we're not perfect, we can't we don't operate perfectly. um, We're we're broken. We're weak. And so God in his love and benevolence reveals himself to us. Um, exactly. Uh, and th- I think that's particularly true because, because we are both body and spirit that, that we're not attuned re- very well, most of us, to the reality of the, sp- the, the world of the spirit, the spiritual world, which is around us and which w- in which we belong because we are both body and spirit. Correct. So there's that. So, so and th- th- these practices, which might seem... Um, inconsequential precisely because they are, as you said, they're calling upon spirits. We don't know who we're calling upon. The only spirit that we should call upon us uh, call upon is the Holy one and the angelic ones. So the Holy spirit, God himself, uh, three persons, one who is, who is a God is pure spirit, um, as the old catechisms and the new ones tell us. Um, and then the, 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 the angels, the, those who did not fall, um, they are good spirits as well. But Sorry. of course, any, any friend who willingly and joyfully bends the name, bends the knee at the name of Jesus. Exactly. Right. So the communion of saints, um, so, so there's that distinction, again, of, of the centrality and the importance of Jesus, which maybe would be a good point for a little tangent, uh, Herr Doctor, uh, about uh, the power of the cross of Jesus. Before we get any more yep. of this, you know, uh, uh, coming up, we have a Friday the 13th yep. uh, coming up here. And uh, again, about the power of Jesus, the power of the name of Jesus, the power of the cross of Jesus. And so whenever we talk about anything about demonic activity, about Satan, Lucifer, the enemy, uh, we always remember the victory of Jesus Christ on the cross, and that Satan is, uh, com- that Satan is defeated. Exactly. And so uh, now we're talking here about some of his guerrilla warfare, so to speak, uh, in this 
while we await the fullness of time uh, and the completion of all things on this earth and the final judgment, uh, and Satan certainly wishes to bite and snipe out of his uh, prideful spite at the victory of Jesus, but he is defeated by the cross. The the image that, that I sometimes use, in fact, I just uh, used this, uh, told somebody this image this morning. It's like, you know, if when there's ar- an army is in full retreat, they can still, you know, while they're running away, they can still shoot back over their shoulder and sometimes hit somebody. And that's sort of what's, what's happened. Jesus Christ uh, has conquered sin, death, and the devil. That's why he came to conquer all the three of those things. That's how God became man to conquer sin, death, and the and the devil. Um, and Satan, as 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 Father just said, Satan has been defeated. Um, and and while there's still the mopping up action going on, and and therefore it's still dangerous, uh, it's still a war zone. The fact of the matter remains that Satan has been defeated by the cross of Jesus Christ. Right. But it'd be good for us to talk a bit, I think, then, uh, with what's remaining in this podcast, a bit about... So we talked about some of the dangerous things to avoid. Um, so occult, New Age-type uh, practices need to go to confession. Uh, and there's other, maybe, ways of opening ourselves. Any sin any uh, that we cooperate is a way of opening ourselves, and especially the more grievous or heinous the sin, in a certain sense, the more open we are to union with the enemy's will instead of the will of God. Uh, but probably good for us to talk a bit about the things that we can do to defend ourselves or to live that life of Christ in the victory of his cross. Absolutely. So one of the interesting things is, just as, as, a, as a way to get into that, you know, a, a, a modern American culture, the, the, the one hand, the poo-pooing and then the nervous laugh, you see that, you know, especially when you talk about uh, demons and the ministry of exorcism and people, I think, hearing more and more, but still a lot of people don't realize that um, exorcism, the ministry of exorcism is real and it continues and there are priests who are exorcists. Uh, there was a book that came out a few years ago by a journalist, Matt uh, Baglio would be the Italian way to pronounce his name, but it's probably Baglio, B-A-G-L-I-O is probably how he says it. Um, and and he, he was uh, uh, a born, Catholic, somebody who was raised Catholic, but, but wasn't practicing his faith, heard about this exorcism class in Rome, went to it, and met an American priest who was being trained as an exorcist. And so both this priest, Father Gary Thomas, and this journalist, Matt Baglio um, would would participate in or were present at exorcisms being done by veteran exorcists in Rome. And this priest, Father Gary Thomas, actually was just recently in our diocese giving a workshop for clergy, um, talking about how to help people who who think they or somebody they know um, is is suffering from demonic uh, attack in various forms. Uh, potentially including exorcism. Father, you were at that, I believe, correct? I was, yeah. It was wonderful. I believe you snuck in there. I believe I was there, too. I think I was there for the morning and there for the afternoon, and we had two ships passing in the day. Uh, but yeah, one of the things that Father Thomas, Father, Father Dickinson, one of the things that Father Thomas talked about in the morning was was just the simple, basic ways that all of us can protect ourselves. And I know there are some things in the afternoon that I want you to be able to, to spend some time on, but just real quickly, um, he just talked about the basics of, of living um, a faith life, a prayer life, a moral life, and the sacramental life. So a life of faith, a life of prayer, a life participating in the sacraments, and a moral life. And that is the armor that we put on, um, and that's the ordinary means by which we can protect ourselves against uh, the, the, pow- the demonic power. Um, 
right? So let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pass. I think those. That's the basic things. We don't need to be freak out about this. We need to have, right. a, as Father said, healthy respect and and understand the reality of demons. Uh, but we need. We we ought not fear demons. We should have a healthy respect and take the ordinary means to protect ourselves. Right. Well, I mean. Uh which is part of that formation of the faith life and living that life of faith is the actual content, the reality of, okay, what's the reality of uh, their power, their freedom, their activity? What's the reality of the victory of the cross of Jesus Christ? Right. Uh, and then uh, the prayer life to make sure we do have regular prayers. And then in our prayers, we can get into some of that a little more specific in a moment. I think uh, what we're looking for. And then, of course, the moral life. You know, are we striving to live out uh, the moral teachings of the Church? And that helps us to avoid uh, those opportunities of, if you will, dancing with the devil, right. of flirting with uh, with the enemy, and, and, and opening ourselves up to him in that way. Um, and so that moral life is very important. Then, of course, uh, and, and I will say, you know, you said we shouldn't fear. Um, at the same time, we should fear. Fear, in a sense, or be wary, be watchful yes. of uh, those uh, opportunities, whether in sin, whether in um, dalliances with uh, New Age occult or even satanic uh, things. Uh, uh, and even just a video game that kind of arouses an appetite or a movie. Like, one of the things I know about myself is that I have kind of an interest in, like, fantasy uh, movies and books and things like that, and, and I do have to be guard, guarded against that because uh, there can just you know arise out of fascination with occult unknown things. Okay, you know, and that's just not a healthy appetite. I should I shouldn't want to know those things, right? Right, or even just speculation or fantasy about those things. Um, so that good response on the four. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the that, that prudence, that vigilance that we have to be, uh, we, we always, in every dimension of our faith, spiritual, moral life, um, whether it's the temptations that we have from within or from without, and, and being, as you said, wary of, of how we might inadvertently open doorways that way. Yeah. And, and again, part of that is um, our life in, as confirmed Christians. You know, in the old ritual of confirmation, uh, the bishop would give you a little slap. Uh, on the face, kind of like your first blow in combat as a full member of the church militant, uh, the church striving on earth. You know, it's kind of like a lot of athletes will talk about, um, they're, you know, they're usually kind of nervous in a game, whether it's uh, uh, soccer, football, even baseball, things like that, until they get their first contact, whether it's the first time the bat hits the ball, the first catch they make, the first time someone hits them or bumps them, you know, and, and then, okay, now I can get into the rhythm of the game. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, and so in the same way, and that I think was kind of what the church was expressing in that way, and that ritual was that little tap or slap, hey, you're in the game. Right, yep. yep. You're in the army. You are enrolled. Yeah, you're in the army of Christ. Blessed Pope John Paul II, be soldiers for Christ. Exactly. Um, so then did you want me to talk just a bit on uh, some practical parts yeah, of so, prayer so, in that way? Exactly. So some of the things, because one of the things that struck me, Father, yesterday, this was in the morning too, um, if Father uh, Thomas spoke about how 
um, the, 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 or, the, the weapons that we have at our disposal in this spiritual warfare, um, sacraments, the sacramental, so holy water, uh, for instance, um, prayer and, and the priesthood. Uh, you as a priest, um, and I think that, you know, something you want to talk about in terms of the hierarchy, but, but the reality that, that, that your people should go to I should go to my priest for all sorts of things but including you know if 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 I have a concern about some oppression or need some prayers of deliverance or whatever it is and for any priests that might be listening to this you should go out among your people bring your priesthood prayerfully carry your priesthood among the people one of the things I love to do is to pray my rosary around the residence halls you know, and just, okay, Jesus, you're living in me and my baptism, my confirmation, and my priesthood, and I want to carry you, walk you, bring you here in the midst of this place. Exactly. Um, and, and we could even do that as well in our own homes, calling to mind our baptism, our confirmation, walking that, living that, calling that to mind when we go to the schools of our children in our workplaces, um, to bring the presence of Christ as it's been given to us in the sacraments in that place. So in terms of prayer then, um, and maybe if you want to talk about hierarchy too, what, 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 what can we do? So again, so that idea of hierarchy, and you know, we're Americans, we're egalitarian, we don't want to talk about, oh, so-and-so is better, and it's not that, you know, I'm better than Dr. Bergwald, I am, um, but that's not what it's about. I'm waiting for a laugh, no laugh. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to... Dignify that? Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> So anyways, so the hierarchy, though, the, the, the idea that, okay, Christ has given a share of his powers in various ways to uh, various members of the Church. Of course, the fullness of his priestly powers with the episcopacy, and then, of course, a lesser share of the priests, the deacons, and then the priesthood of all the laity. And so we should engage in that combat, but according to our state, right? Okay. You know, uh, it wouldn't be good for me to jump onto an NFL field, you know, uh, and try and play football. I would get crushed, yeah. right? And so, like, for you and the laity, so it's good to pray for deliverance, for protection for yourself, protection for your family. But at the same time, you don't want to say, like, you know, such and such a demon, I directly tell you to go back to hell, right? That's not a good thing to do. It's not even something I would do, even, unless I was uh, officially uh, officially using the Church's exorcism ministry. Right. And so we do our own prayers, we do deliverance. You know, Jesus, deliver me me from the spirit of uh, anger. Jesus, deliver me from the spirit of lust. Jesus, deliver me from the spirit of a grudge against this person. Right. And so we need to be praying those sorts of deliverances. Uh, priests can pray a little more directly, you know, in the holy name of Jesus, in authority of my priesthood, uh, I bind uh, the Spirit and send it to the holy five wounds of Jesus. And then, of course, there's the solemn rite of exorcism, which is a very powerful prayer with the full authority of the Church, which is the very authority of Christ. Which can only be prayed by the specifically delegated exorcist, correct? By any bishop or any priest that he delegates. Okay, okay. okay. So, so bottom line, I think this is, again, something that we struggle talking about sometimes, not being overly afraid, but being also, but being wary, to use that word again. Um, so, so just close, Father, any thoughts before we wrap up with just the, how do, what do we pray? Behold the cross of Christ, flee all his enemies. The lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. Amen. That's a great way to end. 
And with that, we will end this episode of Ignition. Uh, once again, email me with any questions you have about this topic, any ideas for any future episodes, uh, any questions from past episodes. cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Until next time, dear listeners, now, Mikey, God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.